The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to Men's Apparel Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're talking about the brand story and marketing strategy of my favorite apparel brand. Each day this week, we're going to publish an episode that tells the story of how the little brand that could is telling the story to make men's life better while selling lots of activewear. With us today is Adam Sidney, who is the CEO of Miles Apparel. Miles is an athletic brand with a passion for inspiring more active, stylish, and healthier lives for men. Their mission is to deliver a fresh perspective on fitness that is driven by smart design and inspiring active men. Here's the fourth installment of Men's Apparel Week, where Adam and I discuss CAC versus LTV, real retail e-commerce analytics. Here's more of my conversation with Adam Sidney, CEO of Miles Apparel. Adam, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks, Ben. Good to be here. Great to have you back. We've covered a lot of ground so far this week, everything from how the Miles brand was built product versus marketing versus product marketing. And yesterday we talked a little bit about your performance marketing channels and where they fit into the greater landscape of marketing. And the takeaway from that conversation was the decision to invest in performance marketing as opposed to longer term organic growth marketing really depends on where you are in the business. So let's talk a little bit about how you evaluate your business performance. Obviously, it's about CAC versus LTV. Fundamentally, what are you spending and what are you getting? How do you evaluate your business performance and what are some of your KPIs? Well, I, for one, again, I started September 2018 as the CEO. So I had the benefit of joining a business that already had a considerable customer base. We already had considerable cumulative revenue and reached an annual run rate that justified the decision by our two founding companies, Taylor Stitch and Huckberry, to figure out a way to spin the company off into an independent entity. So I had a lot of momentum behind me. We started doing performance marketing uh, in 2017, I think 14, 15, 16. We really just got coattail. We rode coattails. We had tailwinds to sort of ride where all of the traffic was from quote unquote free sources or referral, whether that was articles or whatever, or referrals from Taylor Stitcher, Huckberry. We were on each of those sites. So the landscape for us has changed from getting all that traffic to getting quite a bit of free traffic still, which really helps us in terms of thinking about KPIs. So some of our key KPIs are, you know, what is actually directly attributable by channel and by sort of performance overall in terms of acquisition. So 
we have a direct attributable customer acquisition cost, a CAC, and then we have sort of the blended CAC. And the blended CAC is the most important one. And understanding the components of that in terms of what the paid channels are and what the free channels are is really important, I think, for planning in the future. I think, obviously, the free channels, whether that's direct or it's affiliate or referrals from old articles, things like that, I don't think we can rely on them forever. You know, I think with everything in this business, it's almost like anything that's good is destined to get worse in a very reliable way, whether that's your email open rates or whatever. We like to look at our blended CAC and say, what is going into this? Can we rely on it? Why or why not? Is it going to get better or worse? Why or why not? But that's the driver of the profitability around acquiring customers. Then we also look at cost per order, which is just sort of the relative profitability of all orders. So it's sort of all spend divided by all orders, whether it's new or repeat. Talk to me about some of the systems that you're using to calculate this. Is everything an internal database that you're pulling from? Are you relying on Google Analytics? Do you have a platform, a business intelligence platform? How are you actually taking in the various sources of data to understand what marketing channels are performing? We do most of the usuals. I mean, we're on Shopify. Until recently, we were actually on plain old Shopify, not even Shopify Plus. So, I mean, that shows you how we were operating. So, what's the difference between Shopify and Shopify Plus? Well, in terms of cost, the just super basic platform, I think, can be as little as $80 a month. And then Shopify Plus at $2,000 a month gives you all sorts of additional functionality, whether that's reporting or merchandising, or in this case, we did it in large part because we wanted to offer bundles to try to increase basket size. So, there's a lot of functionality in Shopify Plus that's not in the regular old Shopify. And it's worth it if you want to grow from being a tiny company to being something that's trying to double, triple every year. But Shopify has a lot of good analytical tools built in. We also use Google Analytics, obviously. We use a lot of the Facebook backend. We have to combine all that. I think I mentioned in a previous episode that every different media platform analytics are going to skew towards their own positive performance. So Facebook's going to take more credit and Google's going to take more credit for their own stuff. But blending it all together gives at least a collage that tells you how you're doing. We also use a thing called Glue, G-L-E-W, that I've been really happy with in terms of being able to slice up product performance or customer lifetime value. It just has really good visuals that keep us from having to build charts and graphs and all that stuff and drawing conclusions visually. Glue has it all built in and it's like a couple hundred bucks a month or 300 bucks a month. It's been pretty much worth it for us, no question. We have a lot of our own internal spreadsheets, of course. I think no business can get away from that entirely. And I think at our size, it still makes more sense to do that than to like have a NetSuite ERP that's really expensive. It's probably worth investing in something like that before we get too big and it becomes a huge project. But right now, it's all pretty simple. Now, you've seen companies as small as Miles, and let's put Truemaker, maybe they're a little larger or comparable in size, and all the way up to Bonobos, who was acquired by Walmart. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. 
Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. As a company matures and they move away from the spreadsheets and disaggregated analytics, what does the future look like? Where do you get to when you are the bonobo's size and stature in terms of analytics? Do the metrics change or just the ability to pull all the data together change? I think that the metrics stay mostly the same. It's not brain surgery here. I mean, we're selling shorts. And one good thing about a clothing business and a brand getting older and becoming more established is that the more history you have, the better your decision-making ability. So for me already, just having done inventory planning since I got here, I have a ton of data in my personal spreadsheet that I built to sort of manage our inventory and predict our buys and all that. And I can look and see sales from a year and a half at this point. So I think things get better for you as a brand as you last longer, right? You have more sort of consistent selling data. I get to look at the everyday shorts now and say, we've been selling these consistently since 2014. So you can really get more reliable information. I think the more you can invest in technology, theoretically, it gets easier for something like, oh, what's the size breakdown here? How would I create a PO? Like a lot of the basics, the logistics of running the business get easier if you can implement an ERP system and that If you don't do that in time, it becomes a huge problem. One thing I think happened at Bonobos, we were kind of trying to change the world, but we didn't know what we were doing. And so we maybe weren't accounting for COGS the right way or the inventory purchases, the raw material balances. And that's just one example of how fixing that sooner than later would have been better. I think once we sort of got to a bigger size and we had to fix things or we had to sort of implement analytics solutions it got more complicated because the data got dirtier. We hadn't done things right. So there was just like a bigger mess to clean up. One thing as CEO at Miles, we're at a stage where it's easier for me to try to get things right sooner so that we don't have big messes to clean up later. And that will have material impacts on the business. Like you can only do so much with personalized marketing, for instance, if your data is good, if your data is bad or it's messy or you have to spend a lot of time sorting it out that can become a really big problem and sort of inhibit your ability to use the asset. So we're just trying to make sure that we do things smart, even if it's in a small scale or if it's with a simple solution, keep the data clean, keep things consistent. I think it makes a lot of sense that the more that you're able to operate a business, the more institutional knowledge you have and the more instinctual feel you get. And so that's where brands start to struggle saying, hey, look, we're using the systems. We don't want to change them because we know that the data is going to be consistent, right or wrong. And the other philosophy is if we change a system, we can clean it up and solve some of the problems. 
as you think about the growth of the business, do you intend to add other, you know, mentioned ERP systems or continue to iterate on your analytics platform or just keep doing what you're doing and get build more institutional knowledge with your system? I definitely think about it. And there's like a sweet spot where you're big enough to justify it, but it's still kind of a big expense versus now you're so big and to implement the ERP, it's going to be more of a project than it otherwise would have. But I don't want to get like a baseball bat when all I need is a fly swatter. So we're kind of trying to play this game of being aware of what's out there, being aware of what the right solutions are. And then when the right time hits, we'll be able to implement it. In the meantime, we're just trying to make sure that even though it's manual, a lot of the data capture, a lot of the analytics, a lot of the reports, the way we structure products, set up all those little basic logistics around running a business are consistent so that when we do have to do this, it'll be an easier project. You know, I think at Bonobos, again, just the way we accounted for cost of goods sold, I think was wrong for years. And so then that became a huge project to look in two years back. So we invested in a better accountant last year, actually. So sometimes you get what you pay for, right? And so we needed to get a better accountant so that our books were very, very clearly done correctly so that we didn't have to go back and fix them. That's just one example. By the time we're big enough and we feel like we'll really benefit from the ERP system, we'll have good data and good internal organization. I think some of this is just basics of being smart about how you manage information and communication internally. It's not as much about the technology solution. I couldn't agree with you more. At the end of the day, what matters is whether the data is clean that you're reporting out, not necessarily the system that you're using to get your conclusions. That's right. And I think also the thing that matters is the data. We got to look at LTV and we're confident that the way we look at LTV is correct. So the key thing is how we react to that information versus like, hmm, are we using Glue or Shopify or whatever? All that seems like important to the software sellers and that's great for them. But ultimately, I think we feel comfortable and confident in the way we're getting the data right now. And we're always thinking about what we need to do to scale, whether that's in analytics or literally any other aspect of the business. When's the right time to make investments and things that allow you to grow versus just feel sort of cart before horse and unnecessary expense, especially in times like these. And to wrap up this week, we're going to talk a little bit more about that, about scaling and about differentiating for the long run. So tune in tomorrow for the last episode of Men's Apparel Week. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Adam Sidney for joining us. If you'd like to hear more of Adam's and Miles' story, we're going to publish our last episode for Men's Apparel Week tomorrow morning. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us when we discuss differentiation in a crowded e-commerce space. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to get in touch with Adam, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is asidney, that's A-S-I-D-N-E-Y, or you can visit his company's website, which is milesapparel, M-Y-L-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Just one link in our show notes. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.
Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.